0: Welcome to the third episode of the Alaska Zoo podcast, The Alaska Zoo Insider. I'm your host, Jill Meyer. I am the development director at the Alaska Zoo, which means I do fundraising, grant writing, media, a little PR, a bit of event planning, and now podcasting. I am not alone. Everyone at the zoo has many small jobs because the Alaska Zoo is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and we are not federally or state funded. The funds generated at the Emissions Gate, educational programs, and our fundraising efforts support the zoo and serve our mission. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support the Alaska Zoo financially, please go to our website, www.alaskazoo.org, to symbolically adopt an animal, make a donation, renew your membership, or sign up for one of our educational programs. In today's episode, we'll be talking to Shannon Jensen. Shannon is the zoo's curator. She oversees the entire husbandry department, which is all zookeepers and animals. Shannon has been with the zoo for 25 years and she has some great insights and wonderful short stories to share with you today. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed chatting with Shannon. Please stay tuned. Hello, Shannon. Hi. How are you? Great. Great. Thank you for joining us today on the Alaska Zoo Insider podcast. No problem. Um, so, in my intro, I did tell our audience that you've been with the zoo for 25 years, which is a very long and illustrious cl- career. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you started to work at the zoo?
1: Sure. Well, I went I'm from Washington State, and i uh was a um student at Washington State University getting a wildlife biology degree mm-hmm. and uh met my husband there and got married when I was in college and he grew up here, so after college, he wanted to come back up to Alaska, so we headed up here and um in college, they don't really teach you how to get a job or Um, what comes after college sometimes in some, in some, um, professions. So I was looking at getting jobs with the state jobs with, um, fish and wildlife, that kind of thing. However, most of those jobs are summer seasonal type things. He didn't want me to be gone. Um, so I was just looking around Anchorage and found the zoo and came and visited the zoo and thought well this might work so I applied to work there was no zookeeping jobs open which happens quite a bit um Mm -hmm. so I went to work in the gift shop believe it or not and worked (laughs) in the gift shop for a while and then winter was setting in and uh winter sometimes is pretty slow well I don't like sitting around so I um Took I kept the zoo job as part-time and went to work somewhere where it was just more busy work. Um, and then along came a zookeeping job in December. And uh, so I applied for it and I got it. And that's where I started, zookeeping in the middle of winter for a newbie to Alaska. It was super cold.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine. That's
1: awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, it's history from there.
0: Yeah. So... Assuming you studied wildlife biology in college, presumably you wanted to work with animals. Like, did, how did did you know from a young age that you wanted to work with animals, or how did that manifest well, itself?
1: Well, yes, I always knew I wanted to work with animals. In uh, fourth grade, I got into 4H, and my parents wouldn't let me have that horse I wanted really bad, so <laughs> they let me have a rabbit. So I had rabbits, and I showed rabbits in 4H all the way from fourth grade. Until I was a senior in high school, and in the at my high, I had seventy rabbits, so I know uh, my parents were probably kicking themselves. They should just let me have that one horse, but I really oh, loved I really love the bunnies
0: <laughs> so you are a zookeeper from early early on
1: yes, i I did love it, and when I got up to be a senior, I thought, well, maybe i won 't go to school. I mean, I did work with a vet, and I thought I wanted to go the vet route. Um, so I had all that experience, but uh, some stuff happened, took a gap year before, after high school and going on to college and thought, well, I'll go to college and I'll get a business degree. Well, I went <laughs> to the intro intro classes or the introductory to the business degree and I thought, oh, goodness, this is so dry. There's no way I'm going to do this. So right back to wildlife biology. And awesome. that's where I've been ever since.
0: Well, we're glad you did. We're very, very <laughs> Um, so in 25 years, I can only assume that you've worked with all of the animals at the zoo. Um, are there animals that you have specifically worked with over the years?
1: Yes. In my first 10 years here at the zoo, I, I was a zookeeper. And then uh, for the last 15, I've been the curator. So that's given me chances to work with lots of animals. I tend to gravitate more towards uh, birds. I like mm-hmm. working with the birds and... Um, they're challenging, they're different. I mean, I do love the furry animals uh, too. I just mm-hmm. think all the animals are, are amazing, not only as a uh, species, but as individuals. Um, and it's super fun to work with them all.
0: Right, can you tell us a story about a bird that you're currently working with? Maybe how that bird came to live at the zoo or a favorite sure. treat or boys?
1: Sure. Um, well, Errol is one of the birds I work with, and he's a great gray owl. They're pretty elusive in the wild, so a lot of people don't see them, but they're one of the uh, three largest owls in North America, and um, he's a male, so he's not as big as like the females get a, a bigger than he is. Um, okay. but he's still pretty big. And he came to the zoo. Because he was flying, probably chasing something, and flew (laughs) right into a parked car and got a horrible head injury. Um, And the rehab facility kept him for three years. And then um, they were going through some things. So they placed him with us. And Mm -hmm. he's been great. He had a long road during rehab to recover. I mean, his head was almost completely turned upside down just from inner ear injuries, that kind of thing. He's completely flighted. Um, he just has an ear injury and um, owls need to have both ears working good to locate prey. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's his story. We named him yeah. after Errol from Harry Potter because he was sort of a goofy kind of bird. He so is <laughs> Errol in that book. <laughs> that's wonderful.
0: And does he have any favorite treats or activities? Oh,
1: well, his his favorite daily food is mice. Um, Okay. So he gets, we weigh out his mice, but it's about four to five mice a day. Um, He also gets quail just to keep it um, varied diet, keep them nice and healthy. Um, That's really his favorite thing is mice.
0: Got it. Got it. And how does the zoo get mice?
1: Well, mice, we had gone through a period where we bred our own here and um, raise them here. However, that takes a lot of time. Um, mm-hmm. We can pay somebody else to do that. And uh, we, we just buy them frozen from a, a supplier that has quail and mice. Oh, so-
0: Well, that's convenient.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: <laughs> I bet none of our listeners knew you could mail order frozen mice. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so in your home life, how many pets do you currently have in your house?
1: Well, I only have one pet. Um, and it's, a dog, he's a chocolate lab and, uh, he's six, he'll be six in July, July 15th, but yep, that's it. Um, that we have right now, you know, I spent a lot of time here. So, um, my kids, they really, really, he relies on them to get him out and play with them and that kind of thing. So if it was just me, he might have a super boring life because I'm here at work all day.
0: Right. But so now you also, in your role as curator, I know that when the zoo gets sick or injured animals, sometimes you end up having to uh, take them home and baby them through the night. I feel like a few years ago, I remember a baby otter that you had to care for. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: Sometimes when orphans come in and they're very small and they need 24 hour care they'll come mm-hmm. up with me i have a big enough house that i can separate them and keep the dog away from them and keep them in a quarantine situation um mm-hmm. but yeah if it's bigger than like bear cubs don't bring i don't bring those home we get them at three <laughs> to four months old they can make it through the night without being fed we do have keepers here on grounds um from 6 a.m till 10 p.m so you know the animal will get fed at 6am and last feed would be at 10pm, they can go to eight hours um, when they're a three to four month old bear. But sometimes the animals that are just weeks old, they just need to be fed throughout the night. Once we can get them um, where they can go throughout the night without being fed, they come right back here.
0: Got it. Got it. So main takeaway there is don't ever take a bear cub home. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so what is your favorite part of each day?
1: Well, I love waking up in the morning. (laughs) I'm a
0: very early riser
1: and I love the morning is so quiet. Um, I really like the quiet. Um, So I'm able to get a lot of stuff done here um, because Mm -hmm. about half my job is office work. Um, I can come in and get stuff done without a lot of um, people talking to me. Okay. So.
0: Well, that, that leads me easily into my next question. How has your daily activities changed with the zoo being closed?
1: Well, it's really quiet around here. So I, I like that. <laughs> However, I do miss the visitors and seeing people um, enjoy the animals here. Um, yeah. Personally, for me, I work three days a week here. Um, if I'm coming in to the zoo It's actually where I am taking care of animals. If no animals to take care of because my assistants here taking care of them, I'm at home Mm -hmm. working. So luckily I can cart a lot lot of this paperwork home and sort of things that I've been putting off. I have time to do them at home now. So that's good.
0: Good, good. Um so while we're here is there any misconceptions about the Alaska Zoo or being a zookeeper uh, or working at a zoo that you would like to address
1: Well I'll have to say when we have a zookeeper job open um mm-hmm. we do get a lot of people or even when we don't have a job open people will email and want to be a zookeeper and I think they think because they had pets or something like that, that they'd be a shoo-in, no problem, you know, they're great with animals, (laughs) they've loved them their whole life. However, Mm -hmm. most zoos, including us, we do require um, either a four-year degree in life sciences, so that could be any life science, um, or a lot of experience, or a combination of the two is the best, because in college they do not teach you how to be a zookeeper. They shape your mind to be able to, um, you know, solve problems and and that kind of thing. And then you also have the biology background. So the animals, so you understand the concepts of nutrition and um, medical problems better than just zookeeping with the heart. You can also zookeep with the mind, which is very important.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can lighten up a little. My next two questions are a little lighter. Okay. Um, If you could transform into any animal, (laughs) which would it be?
1: I have thought about this question so much, Um, (laughs) just throughout the years here and working with animals. I would, I always, I say this all the time to myself and to whoever's around. If it comes, you know, the question comes through my mind, um, is that I would want. A day to be each animal because I would sure love to be able to see the world through their eyes and through their senses. Um, just because I might be standing here with a bird on my arm and we are seeing what I think is the same thing, we are uh, perceiving it completely different through the colors, they, uh, you know, what they're hearing. That kind of thing. I just think it's really would be hard to tell. So I think that would be awesome to be able to experience that. Or like a canine, you know, their world is yeah. so scent oriented. They it yeah. just I I don't even think we can begin to comprehend that without doing it, being it. <laughs>
0: -hmm. I agree that that's a great answer. Thank you. Nobody's given that answer yet. I I definitely have the yearning to fly. I would like to fly. Yeah,
1: that would be awesome. And I love watching like the ravens uh, flying around here in a wind, and they're just Mm -hmm. so goofy. I just don't. I mean, I think they're just out there having fun. But they're they're master flyers, and I think that's where we learn so much as the human race. We learn so much from animals and how to do things. I mean, how to engineer things to work—that kind of thing. So it always does go back to nature.
0: It does. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> um, so before we wrap up, uh, is there a story that you can share with us that would be something funny or super disgusting that's happened to you while you're at the zoo? Oh,
1: over twenty-five years, so much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, try, try to choose just one.
1: <laughs> oh, I can tell you one that it, you know, isn't so gross to me i think it sort of makes me chuckle at myself um but sometimes after working zoo because you got to remember i work with a lot of birds and do a lot of bird training and most of the birds we have here are corvids that's ravens uh crows stellar jays that kind of thing and raptors so they're all meat eaters and they love the meat and they love the mice and they love the quail and occasionally when i get home or say I'm at the store or something like that, I put my hand in my pocket and pull out what's in my pocket and, oh, it'll be a <laughs> quail wing or a mouse head or something like that, which cracks me up. But I think, uh, for most people, it's, they just can't believe it. Uh, it's right, just,
0: but that's everyday life. Oh,
1: yes. World. And I know it happens to not just me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, oh.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time this morning, Shannon. We really appreciate it. And I think all of our listeners will really enjoy your stories. So great. thank you very much. And I hope you have a good day. You too. Thank you. Okay. Bye, bye,
1: Shannon.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Shannon. She always has the greatest stories. I think our two biggest takeaways are never, ever take home a bear cub and always remember to empty your pockets when you leave the zoo. You don't know what kind of treasures you may have gathered during the day. Again, if you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support the Alaska Zoo, please visit www.alaskazoo.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a wonderful day. Bye bye.